Welcome to the Finding True Health Podcast. Are you ready to reject diet culture without rejecting your health? Do you want to feel a sense of peace around food and your body while also creating habits that will help you feel your best each day? Hey, I'm Jenna, a registered dietitian, a committed follower of Jesus Christ, and a middle-aged mom. Not long ago, I felt like I was at war with my body. I believed I needed to reach some arbitrary goal weight to be healthy and happy. But one day, God helped me realize that I was focused on the wrong thing. So I began to treat my body with the love and respect it deserves through both my thoughts and my actions. And that new focus has made all of the difference. Now I love helping other women find true health for themselves so they can enjoy more energy, better moods, and greater peace in their own lives. I'm excited to get started, so let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the podcast. I have to be honest, this episode has been a bit of a struggle to put together. It's a topic I've been wanting to do for a while, but putting it off because there's a lot of nuance in this topic, and I always want to do justice to you, to my listeners, and it can be really hard to keep things nuanced sometimes and to kind of set my personal biases at the door and present the facts in a non-biased way. I'm going to do my best today. I am going to share some of my personal thoughts and opinions, of course, but I want you to know, just going into this topic, that this is not a black and white thing. It'd be much easier if I could treat it that way. (laughs) That's kind of what my brain wants to do, but that wouldn't be fair to you. I want you to feel empowered to make your own decisions and to do what is best for you and for your body while keeping in mind that health is the ultimate goal here. It's the whole purpose of this podcast is to help you find the healthiest version of yourself, what works for you and for your life and your body. And I am trying to help you navigate this world of diet culture. And I recognize that we do live in a world where body size matters. And I hate that it is that way. (laughs) I hope that it continues to change. I think it's slowly changing. But I am really sensitive to the fact that everyone has their own experiences and stories and reasons for doing things. And I am not here to tell you how to live your life or to judge you on your decisions. I'm just trying to present the information so that you can make the best decision possible for you and for your life. Just as a quick disclaimer, I am going to be talking about weight loss today. So if that's triggering to you in any way, please feel free to skip this episode. If you've struggled with an eating disorder in the past, this might not be the episode for you. Before we dive in too much further, though, I do want to remind you that my summer sale is going on right now for my Health Through Habits program. If you want to check that out, just hop on over to genoweight.com programs, or you can go to healththroughhabits.com. One of those links should be in the show notes. So you can just click on that to check out the program and see if that's something you might be interested in and take advantage of the great deal going on right now. All right, let's jump into our topic of weight loss medications and drugs. This is a pretty hot topic right now, actually, because of some of the newer drugs that have come to market recently that we'll talk a little bit about here in a minute. Uh, You've got celebrities taking these drugs. You've got, I'm not on TikTok ever, but I hear that there are lots of TikTok, what do you call them, reels, videos (laughs) that are talking about some of these drugs and showing these before and after pictures. Of course, diet culture has just latched on to some of these medications. 
But these types of medications and drugs have been around for a long time. And it's really important to understand kind of what these do in your body, some of the benefits, but also, of course, the risks and potential downsides to taking these types of drugs. So first of all, I want to clarify kind of the two different groups of weight loss pills and injections and things. You've got the over-the-counter, more like supplements, things that haven't been approved by the FDA. They don't require a prescription. These types of pills generally have not been extensively tested with lots of clinical studies and trials and things. Some haven't been tested at all. Uh, A lot of times you don't even know what's in the package. It could say one thing, but be giving you another thing. So supplements in general, especially the weight loss supplements, I generally would recommend just staying away from. Oftentimes they really don't do anything anyways. Other times they could be doing some real damage without you knowing. While you probably can find some that have been third-party tested, I really don't feel like it's worth the risk of taking these kinds of products. Now, the other group of weight loss drugs are the ones that require a prescription that have been FDA approved. They've been through extensive studies. Some of the more recent ones that have come out that you've likely heard of are Ozempic. That medication is specifically for people with type 2 diabetes. It can help regulate their blood sugar, but as a side effect, it also has been shown to cause weight loss. And so, of course, the pharmaceutical companies grabbed onto that side effect and created another medication that uses the same active ingredient for weight loss, and that's called Wigovi. And that one was just approved in 2001 by the FDA for weight loss. There's another one that's pretty popular right now called Mountjero. It's got a slightly different active ingredient and works a little bit differently than Ozempic and Wegovy. But how all three of these medications work and some of the other ones out there on the market is that they kind of mess with the hormones in your gut and mimic the hormone that sends signals to your brain that you're full. And so it re- they reduce hunger Several of them also slow down your GI tract, so it takes longer for you to digest food, and so that also keeps you full for longer. So basically, it's just a way to help people eat less by making them just not desire food at all, making it so that after just eating a small meal, they feel very full, they don't get hungry or start thinking about food until much later than maybe they normally would, and therefore they eat fewer calories than they normally would. Now, a couple of the other medications, you might remember Orlistat. I remember that was a big, really popular one in the early 2000s, maybe. And those medications reduce the amount of fat that can be absorbed into your body, and so you're absorbing fewer calories and weight can be lost in that way. So that's just a brief overview of some of the more popular drugs we're seeing on the market right now. And I have to admit, compared to weight loss medications in the past, these newer ones do seem to be a lot more effective at helping people actually lose weight. It's estimated that people are losing about 15% of their body weight when on some of these drugs. But of course, each of these medications comes with its own set of risks and side effects and downsides. So Again, I'm not going to go into each and every medication out there and all of their specific side effects, but I'll kind of speak in generalities here. First of all, the medications that drastically reduce your hunger, 
make you feel full faster and then make it so you don't get hungry till much later. Obviously, that's going to mess with your body's natural mechanisms and your your ability to eat intuitively. These drugs are overriding some of those natural systems that we have in place. Now, I will be the first to say that those hunger and fullness cues that our body naturally has can get messed up in some people. Some people genetically just get hungry more often and seem to need more to get satisfied than others. Some people, because of dieting or because of maybe the types of foods that they've been eating for a long time, the hormones that regulate your hunger and fullness cues can get messed up. So for people like that who seem to feel just completely out of control around food, they are constantly thinking about food while they're eating, they're thinking about what they're going to eat for their next meal. That can be exhausting and it can be frustrating having food take up so much of your brain space. And so I've heard a lot of people say that these drugs are just wonderful. They help quiet their brain down. They're not constantly thinking about food all day. They're able to eat and then move on with their day instead of obsessing about what they're going to eat next. So I've heard a lot of people say that they love these drugs for that reason. Now, I do want to point out that there are other ways to calm that voice down and to get your body into a, a healthier place with your hunger and fullness hormones and to reduce that food noise. This isn't the only way to do that. But these drugs kind of help you do that instantaneously, if you will. However, again, that does not come without a cost. So a lot of people on these medications report feeling nauseous. They have a lot of vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, gas, other GI problems. That's a really common side effect. So a lot of times one reason people don't eat as much is just because they feel terrible and just don't want to eat because they're nauseous all day. So yes, it's helping them eat less, but they also feel horrible. Others complain of having really bad fatigue. They're just tired all day long. That could be because of the drug. That could also be because they're just not eating enough to sustain their energy needs throughout the day. Others say the drugs make them dizzy, give them headaches. There's quite a few, maybe more minor side effects like those. And then we get to the long-term effects. Now, Some of these newer drugs are so new that we don't have years and years of data to see what those long-term effects might be. Right now, we do know that there have been cases of gallbladder problems, such as gallstones. Possible pancreatitis has been found in some of the studies. I am pretty confident that in years to come, we're going to be seeing the effects of some nutrient deficiencies people that just are not eating enough to give their bodies the nutrients that it needs to thrive and be healthy. In those medications that block fat absorption, a lot of times you will see nutrient deficiencies in fat-soluble vitamins, vitamins that require fat to be absorbed in your body. Some side effects that we've seen from other weight loss medications that we have had around for a long time include raised blood pressure, heart defects, heart issues, mood issues, depression, things like that, liver damage, seizures. Uh, There's a whole host of these long-term, really dangerous side effects that have come along with some of these medications. I remember back in the 90s when I was a teenager, lots of ladies in my neighborhood were taking the weight loss drug Fenfen. 
And at the time, I remember it was touted as this miracle drug, kind of how Ozempic is being looked at right now, where people were losing so much weight on it. They didn't think that there were really any long-term side effects. And then, boom, people start dying taking this drug. And they discovered that Fenfen caused really severe heart damage. So the FDA pulled it off the market. And for decades later, women were dealing with the effects of heart damage due to Fenfen. So we could be surprised and find 10 years down the road that there aren't any major long-term side effects from these newer drugs, but there's always that risk. A couple of other downsides is that the weight that is being lost on these drugs is a combination of fat and lean tissue lost. And we're seeing quite a large amount of lean tissue being lost. And that's really not surprising. Anytime you lose weight quickly, anytime you're losing it because of drastic decreases in your intake and not giving your body enough fuel and food to thrive, then your body has to turn to your metabolic tissue, to your muscle to survive. It's got to break that down along with your fat stores because it's not getting enough energy to survive. And the stinky thing is once you get on these Ozempic or Wagovi injections, you really have to stay on them for the rest of your life to maintain any weight that you lost with them. There could always be exceptions to this, of course, but studies are showing that as soon as participants are going off of these drugs, then the weight comes right back, often plus some, just like we see with dieting. And again, now you've got less muscle mass, and so the weight that's coming back on is more likely due to extra fat stores, leaving you in a worse position than you were before you lost the weight. Another downside, especially if you're going to be on this medication for life, is that it can get very expensive. Insurance doesn't always cover these medications, and even if it does now, there's no guarantee it will in the future. And without insurance, these drugs range from, I think it's around 700 to over $1,000, like $1,300 a month for a monthly supply of injections. So those are definitely some things that you need to consider before making the decision to take any of these weight loss medications. Another thing you have to remember is that these injections and pills, they are not a quick fix or a magic bullet. In order for them to really be effective and to see the weight loss that is seen in these um, clinical studies, they have to be accompanied by lifestyle changes as well. Regular exercise and diet changes, and especially if you're getting so little food, you have to be extra vigilant about making sure that that is wholesome, nutrient-dense food because you're getting so little of it throughout the day. You've got to be extra vigilant there with what you're eating. I've also heard some people say it was really hard for them to exercise as much as they wanted to while on this drug because it made them so tired, but also because they weren't able to eat enough to fuel their workouts. And so it just made physical activity really, really hard. So in my opinion, before even considering going on a weight loss medication, you should already be implementing some of those lifestyle changes into your routine so that you can just continue with them after starting the medication. And after working on improving your habits and routines, then you might find that you actually don't need the medication after all. Now, I will say this, and this is kind of where some of that nuance comes in, is these drugs seem to have kind of the same effect and help people lose weight for the same reasons that weight loss surgery does. 
I haven't done an episode on weight loss surgery. That's another topic that I'd like to do in the future. Another really nuanced one. But I feel like if you're kind of to the point where you are considering having weight loss surgery, getting on a medication like Wigovi or Mounjero, I feel like is much safer and something you should try first before doing the surgery. The injections obviously are much less invasive. They can be stopped at any time. Weight loss surgery is such a major surgery with so many side effects and risks that this is one area where I feel like these weight loss medications could be of real use is if they could take take the place of undergoing surgery like that. So what's the bottom line here? What's my opinion on these weight loss medications? As really with anything, when we're talking about our health especially, we have to weigh the benefits versus risks. If you are just looking for a quick fix or a magic pill, if you're just trying to lose those last 10 pounds or fit into your skinny jeans for your class reunion or things like that, in my opinion, the risks would far outweigh the benefits in that case. But let's say that you're someone who has been working for a while on trying to create a healthy lifestyle. Maybe you've taken my Health Through Habits course or you've worked with a dietitian or you've found other some other lifestyle program that you've really tried to implement. You've given yourself a year, maybe even two years to try and make those behavioral changes, things that are going to take time to implement, and you still feel like your health is being negatively affected by your body size. Implementing lifestyle changes just hasn't brought your blood pressure down, or you're experiencing health issues that are purely weight-related, not just lifestyle-related. Like I said, maybe you've gotten to the point where you're considering doing weight loss surgery, I feel like if if you're in that boat, then you might be a good candidate to talk to your doctor about some of these weight loss drug options. Once again, I want to emphasize here that there are other much more healthy, less risky ways to deal with the desire to overeat, to deal with maybe eating emotionally or what you might feel like is a food addiction or a sugar addiction. There are non-drug related ways to get over those things if that's the route that you'd prefer to take. But I am a huge believer in body autonomy, and I don't think that anybody should ever be shamed for choosing to go the medication route as a way to try and deal with some of those issues. As long as you are fully aware of the potential risks and are making an informed decision, then I support whatever decision that is that you feel like is best for you and for your life. As always, before you ever do anything drastic with your health, then be sure to check with your doctor, your healthcare team. Of course, for something like this, you'll need a prescription, so you've got to talk to your doctor anyways. But I would get as much information as possible before making any decisions about taking medications. I would also say, please don't let your doctor talk you into getting on a medication like this if you don't want to, if you don't feel like it would be helpful or that the benefits would outweigh the risks for you. I've heard of people saying that their doctor is really pushing some of these medications on them and they don't want to take them. And I want you to feel as empowered as possible to know that you do not have to be coerced or forced into taking anything that you don't want to take. I know there are all kinds of doctors out there. Some have pretty strong weight biases and we don't want to let that rub off onto us and 
affect the decisions that we're making for our own bodies. So I hope that that was helpful. Hope that that gives you a little more information about some of the pros and cons of these medications and whether or not they might be a good fit for you. I just want to remind you that you are not your body. You are not your body size. You do not have to buy into the lies that your body has to be a certain size to be beautiful, happy, healthy, worthy, any of those things. You are wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey friend, I want to personally invite you to join me and the other amazing women in my brand new private Facebook group. It's an awesome community where you can give and get encouragement as you ditch diet culture and work towards improving your health. Click on the link in the show notes to join or go to facebook.com slash groups slash finding true health. I hope to see you there.